to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. Hear me, Gordon. You might have won this battle, but the war has just begun. The master will unleash hell upon you. <laughs> Dark days are coming. Thanks for the heads up. Sometimes the right way is also the ugly way. Do you have any peanut butter? Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Fox's hit TV series Gotham, set in the world of Batman. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And we're here. It's a little weird. Little, it's significantly little, yeah, weird. Actually, let me fix my shot here, too. There we go. Yeah, we're, we're for one, we're podcasting in the middle of the day. I know. Which we almost never do. And for two, about a week early, we're going to be reviewing the first uh, episode of Gotham Season 2. Woo! Damned if you do. Damned if you do. I said damn. Oh my Ooh. goodness. It's okay. Jada made it okay. Jada did make it okay to say damn, among <laughs> many <Other> other things. <laughs> Although, actually, uh, no, we're, we're going to do a spoiler-free review first. Uh, one, right. sp- one spoiler-free Spoiler, I guess. Uh, yes. There's a lot more cursing than I remember from last season yeah. in this episode. Well, but, well, but. but uh, yeah, if, you, if you're worried about spoilers or anything, don't, don't. be. Uh, yeah. For the beginning. Yeah, for the and beginning. And then you're going to want to go away. Yeah, because we're, <laughs> we're going to dive in deep as we normally do. Uh, don't, don't get us wrong. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to give you just a general idea of what we thought of it. And yep. then we'll do the rhyming, riddling episode summary and all that kind of stuff. So yes. uh, I guess we'll go ahead and get started with the non-spoilery, non-spoilery review. review. And uh, okay, so I, oh, by the way, uh, if you if you want to come back and talk with us about the episode after you've seen it, yes. uh, next week around 9.15 p.m. EST on Monday, like right after the episode airs, we're going to go live with even more discussion because we barely scratched the surface on our points this week. Our notes, they, like the so have like a bazillion notes we'll probably do like a whole nother episode of things we didn't talk about yeah so we'll be uh you know we'll be checking uh letters voicemails and stuff while we're on the air we'll be taking live skype calls it'll be a fun kind of gotham monday gotham experience for once so uh, if you want to join us at live.universebox.com next monday around 9 15 p.m est but now for the non-spoilery uh non-spoilery review of gotham uh season two episode one damned if you do Okay, so first of all, it, one of the things that I thought was that uh, Gordon, you know, I, we were we were guesting on a podcast last night and talking yes. about how kind of a flat Gordon's arc Story was, was. Yeah, yeah, throughout the entire season last year. It was kind of him getting introduced into the world of Gotham and right. everything. But uh, this episode hits the ground running and uh, Gordon, yeah. Gordon's story looks to be way, way more interesting this season, where he was kind of the pure white knight trying to affect uh, the city for good. With, like, shards of gray thrown in there, it's Yeah, he's already making it very murky. uh, Well, pretty murky. Pretty murky. murky, Uh, We can't even say not (laughs) too murky. We can't even say it, yeah. But, you know, he's making very murky decisions that are going to compromise him morally. Uh, You know, he's he's already compromised by the time the episode's over. He's compromised. Uh, You know, so his his arc looks like it will be way more interesting and there are certain uh power players within gotham who have some big leverage on jim gordon now oh yes it's it's kind of crazy so yeah i think he's definitely going to be a character to watch uh moving forward which is probably good because he's the star of the show yeah definitely you would want to watch the star (laughs) of the show um 
also sort of going with that things are moving very very fast this season i think like last season they sort of took the the slow boat approach with some things Mm -hmm. um but basically we've jumped right in two feet and we're already going so it's already all sorts of craziness um the rise of the villains is definitely going to be insane (laughs) i don't even know sharp and sharp Sharp, yes. Yeah, sharp. Yeah. It's going to accelerate quickly like a roller coaster. Yeah, right. Season one was the... Yeah, going up to the top of the hill. And now we're going... Down in... It is a downward spiral, if you can. Oh, I will say over in the chat room, Mad Guida, I think is how you pronounce it. Mad Guida, yeah. Is joining us over there. I have never done the chat room, so welcome. Let us know if you have questions. Uh yeah, and uh, they also say that um, uh, it's the first oh. time in the chat room, and are the presenters reading the chat? Yes, totally. we are. <laughs> it's Definitely. us. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know they're they're oh uh, writing from, from Portugal. Portugal. Uh, cool. Hello from uh, from America uh, from Orlando. <laughs> Hello from sunny Orlando. Yes, okay, but uh, as far as uh, Jerome this season, I know mm-hmm. a lot of people were like, you know, it's too soon for the Joker. It's too soon for Jerome last season, and. To be fair, in the blind fortune teller, he was very over the top, kind of Joker esque. But I think last season they had to beat it over the head. Yeah, they kind of had to like make a statement. This guy is going to be at least you know a Joker, a version of the Joker that's going to be in Gotham. Correct. But you know they definitely in this episode they kind they dial it back. He, he dials it back a Just little a bit. Uh, Cameron, the actor who plays Jerome, uh, dials it back a little bit. I mean, there's still a lot of a. Uh, Jokerish flares, like you know him, like yeah, lots of big smiles. Yes. And I, one thing I well, I really liked is that he's very much playing characters off of each other, right? Uh, which is something that the Joker does a lot. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen the preview clips, you'll probably uh, probably <laughs> notice that. But uh, you know, I I really think after seeing him in this episode that he might not be the actual Joker we were thinking he was going to be last season. Like we were pretty dead set that you don't he, think so. I I think I think uh, after after seeing the way he kind of dials it back in this episode, and obviously it's the first episode. There's room for him to like bust out again, right? In a big way, and there's probably going to be an episode like maybe episode three, uh, where he's very much front and center. But I I. I this is the first time I thought, well, maybe this isn't the Joker. Maybe this is just the inspiration for the Joker. This is the balloon man that's going to ex- inspire Jack Napier or, who, or whoever becomes the Joker right. to become the Joker. Like the balloon man kind of put that idea in Bruce's mind about becoming a vigilante. vigilante. Interesting, because I actually thought it seemed more and more like the Joker. And I almost mm-hmm. feel like he was dialing back because he was observing and he was seeing and he was he was practicing and trying things. Yeah, and you know, like I said, that's I'm not completely convinced of that, but at the same time, this is the first time I actually, you know, there thought, was a twinge yeah. of. Yeah. Although I will say that a lot of people were kind of uh, trying to pigeonhole the fact that him and Barbara were going to be, or Barbara was going to be like a proto Harley, and we even suggested that a few times yeah, last season. But I, after I the events of this episode, no. I don't see that happening, and that's not really a big spoiler. No, so. that's not. Um, I am intrigued. This is still the spoiler free. Um, intrigued by the handful of new, new and very, very powerful characters we got, as mm. well as the cool new sets that we get to explore. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, we uh, all know about the one down the stairs. Mm-hmm. But where they ended last season with, which by the way, it picks up right where it literally left off, right so. there. Um, but there are some other places, um, different apartments really 
where we get to see um and there is a lot there i think mm-hmm. i think there's a lot within the set that we're gonna see and that's gonna be very relevant oh yeah definitely and it, it, it was nice to see that uh gotham city police department set again yeah uh, for sure i you, love that set it's a beautiful beautiful set mm-hmm. and uh, uh oh uh mad guido over in the chat room says uh, and it is not too soon for the joker it is never too soon for the joker <laughs> but i believe the writers are going to pull our leg a bit and cameron will not be the ultimate joker uh, which okay. is yeah basically what i was saying yep. and also says that Cameron uh, was a spot-on choice. Whoever casted him nailed it. Mm-hmm. He does deliver this insanity, uh, the, the needed, needed insanity, insanity to uh, season two and Arkham Asylum. Yes, for absolutely. Sure. Okay, but uh, that'll do it for our spoiler. <laughs> That's all the more we can do without spoiling. Okay, um, out, out of... Uh, well, we'll do an arbitrary scale up top here, too, Oh, I guess. okay. Okay, out of 47 spoilers, uh, how many spoilers do you give this episode? I don't know, 46? 46? It was amazing. Yeah. yeah like, I don't... Uh, this was the most exciting episode mm-hmm. that I feel like I've watched since... Well, <laughs> since the finale. <laughs> um, but, like, last season, yeah, there were some really good episodes. But this hit, 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 hit. Like, there wasn't oh, yeah. a dull moment. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah, and I, I'll, I'll go with 47 spoilers. Oh, but, you're uh, going 47? Okay. Yeah, it was definitely it, it was it was kind of like the opening salvo in a, a a play or something like that. It also it kind of reminded me of like a pilot for one of the more like mature cable series you might see, like a Breaking Bad or something like that, where it's just kind of like introducing you to the the world as it is that it's going to get fleshed out over the course of right. the season. Very jam packed, full, but not overcrowded. Correct. Definitely so, not. Definitely loved it. Uh, so if you uh, don't want any. Big spoilers. Go away go now because we're Thanks going crazy with the spoilers. We are going to go crazy. And come back here uh, Monday around 9.15 p.m. EST uh, at live.universebox.com. And we're going to have a big Gotham Monday celebration. We want your feedback. We want to hear what you I have to say. I might make cookies. We, she might make cookies. We have Batman cookie cutter. We do, actually. And, uh, you know, if you, if you can't make it or whatever, don't worry. We have plenty more to talk about than we'll get to today. But Send we, us a voicemail with your thoughts. Yeah, voicemail. Uh, voicemail 424-274-234. Right after the episode airs, we'll tweet that out too. Absolutely. Uh, you can email us legendsofgotham at gmail.com. We'll be watching that. Or you can tune in and Skype in because we'll have Skype open too. Right. We're going to do the little bit of live mm-hmm. action. So, uh, so now. Uh, yeah, let's get into the actual episodes. Okay. Why don't you hit us up with the uh, riddling rhyming episode summary that I, I finally got to write a new one? It's Yay! been months. All right. When is a villain not at his best? When his attitude earns a knife in his chest? What is behind the door down the stairs? A keypad coded with names of some heirs. Is Gordon too good? Not by a long shot. Will his self-doubt define his new plot? Is Theo's team the most villainous crew? You can ask him, but you're damned if you do. Damned if you do. Damned if you do. Damned if you do. Well, normally, uh, right here, I ask you what you thought of it, but I think we've covered. I think we've of, pretty much covered we've that. Covered, yeah, covered the problem. general. And uh, Mad uh, Guida says, <laughs> "Nope, I'm staying for the spoilers." Sits down, clutches pearls. Good. Love it. Very good. Very good. <laughs> we appreciate that. Okay, so uh, I guess we'll go ahead and get into the main discussion here. Okay, so first off, you know, uh, we saw them go down the stairs mm-hmm. behind the fireplace. Uh, to Thomas Wayne's secret lair Mm -hmm. uh, with the big, weird, uh, insanity god statue thing on it. Um, So, you know, that obviously the episode picks up right Right there. there. And, uh, you know, we spend most of the episode with Alfred and Bruce anyway, kind of them trying to get in there to see what's going on. 
And uh, so I, I first of all, I got the impression that Alfred Alfred says a couple things that I think he knows a lot more about a Thomas Lane was up to than yes. he let on. Which, which is very cool because part of Alfred's deal in the comics historically has been his discretion. Yes. Like he knows the secret, but he's not going to tell you unless he absolutely has to or there's a really good reason for you to know. And he's kept that up with Thomas Wayne. and He's been, you know, being a surrogate father to his son for an entire season now. Right. And he has never really let on until this episode that he know, might know a little bit more about Thomas Wayne's dealings than he do you think on. he knew the passcode maybe maybe oh there's a really funny mo- moment uh towards the end where you know they're spending the whole episode trying Getting to in. Get, get in and trying to figure out the passcode to get in and eventually they're like screw it we're gonna blow it up yeah and uh and blow, blow our way in and then they get in there and they find a paper that lets them know that the passcode was bruce so. <laughs> <laughs> like why wouldn't he have tried that yeah i yeah. feel i mean it was a month mm-hmm. it actually flashed forward a month yeah you didn't try. I mean, you could have tried everything. Yeah, actually, that's something we we haven't really touched on. But yeah, there is a flash forward of like a month to where it's almost like a mystery. Right after the first scene, there's a flash forward of a month right. to where you're like, oh, what's going what on? Happened? Everything's changed. Right. But, you know, I, part, of, part of what they discover in that room is that Thomas was investigating Wayne Enterprises, you know, leading up uh, – a couple years leading up to his death. And he was right. – he, he, he knew that eventually it would come back to bite him. Yeah. He wasn't sure when. So he left some guidance for Bruce uh, later on. I, now, I was wondering because a I, I, big player in this season and he kind of like uh, rounds up the villains mm-hmm. and, you know, Quickly. turns them into a team and everything in this episode. He's also portrayed as a big businessman, a friend of Mayor James – in Gotham mm-hmm. City, Theo Galvin. And I'm wondering if maybe Theo Galvin was really the guy pulling the nefarious strings at Wayne Enterprises, and maybe he's showing his face in Gotham now because at the end of last season, Bruce sort of exerted control over the board right. of Wayne Enterprises, and now he has to get in there and get his hands dirty to accomplish his goals. You know, I could kind of see that. I hadn't thought about it, but mm-hmm. no, I really, I really like that because it did seem very convenient that he just showed up. He's the like board of, or the chairman of development for Gotham. Uh-huh. He's speaking at you know the commissioner's retirement ceremony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's also like the guy. Yeah, yeah, the, the villain. Guy. He's definitely going to be the big bad this season. I but but I we, we'll see how that kind of uh, fleshes out as it goes on. I mean, it's going to be a, a big thing to explore the entire season. But you, you wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, Bruce, Bruce and Jim, and Jim. in Bruce their interactions, and right? Jim. Okay, so Bruce is so tired of Jim being wishy washy, and you know what? I'm with him. He basically tells him to get his act together and do what he needs to do to make things right. He's like, you promised me you would do this, Mm -hmm. and now you can't. Why? Like, you're sacrificing the greater good and cleaning up Gotham and all of this for the sake of your dignity? Like, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes the right way is the ugly way. Yeah. Yes! (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Because, like, at 14 or whatever, Bruce already knows what's going on. He knows his path. He already sees it. And Jim is in his 30s, and literally all he knows is, I'm a cop. That's all we get. He knows he's a cop. You, you know, one thing that I thought was kind of interesting about that was I thought that, if I remember correctly, Bruce had absolved uh, Jim from working on that case. He did. But you know what? I don't think Jim ever absolved himself of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Like, but... I just love the fact that a teenager is telling this guy, yeah. no, you do what you need to do to accomplish your goal. Who cares if it's mm-hmm. a little, eh, 
you know, shaky there. Well, I, I love the way that Bruce did it, too, because he, he didn't, like, outright state, no, you should make this compromise with Penguin mm-hmm. so you can get back to finding my parents' killers. Right. He was like, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe that would be a good, a good way to accomplish a goal. Maybe that would be a good way to accomplish the greater good. But he left the question in Jim's mind to where ultimately Jim made the decision, which is kind of like – a kind of a manipulation tactic, almost. Oh, he completely manipulated. But uh, but very very much of like a business like manipulation yes. tactic, which you know for Bruce Wayne makes, makes total, total sense. sense. Yeah, and <laughs> get out of my head. At the, at the same time, too, I I really like that saying that to Jim made Bruce realize that he had to kind of take the ugly way to get into Thomas Wayne's secret sanctum too. Right. The the Wayne Cave. As the Wayne it were. Cave, yes, it now is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, uh, although I don't know if uh, if Bruce would have said do that if he had known that it was going to involve shooting a mobster, that um, uh, which Jim ultimately ended up doing. But he really didn't. I mean, he did, but he didn't really have to. I mean, necessarily. I don't know. I think he was sort of like, what I don't know, I don't know. Well, uh, yeah. He, well, he's not going to say go kill someone. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he'd have been opposed to the stealing of the money to uh, to a, yeah to get to the greater good. Uh, Gordon back on the force for right. sure. Which uh, the person who sends Gordon after mm. after the money from Ogden is a uh, penguin. Uh, basically, what happens is a. Uh, Ogden owes money to Falcone, and since Falcone isn't around anymore, Penguin wants them to collect the money, but right. Ogden doesn't see Penguin as a legitimate uh, right. debtor, I, I guess, or whatever. So he doesn't feel he owes him the money. So Penguin right. sends Jim there to get the money. Right. Uh, well, and, you know, there's a couple scenes in Falcone's mansion with Penguin, you know, doing his business. He kill, he, kills, he completely redecorated that place. Yeah, it, <laughs> but, you know, he, he kills a mobster to kind of exert his control over the situation his king of gothamness yes if you will but he, he definitely penguin this season feels seems way more comfortable in his skin yeah he de- like last season he was you know playing people off people you know running down alleys to kill people to accomplish things but you know, he doesn't have a sandwich have, yeah but he's the king of gotham now right he doesn't have to hide these intentions anymore he can be you know as bad as he want to be uh, you know, and I also they they they've updated his wardrobe a little bit this uh-huh. season too. Like it's still very much in the style of last season's mm-hmm. Penguin, but at the same time, it's much more slick and more high class, mm-hmm. and uh, it just a uh, more more silky, more velvety. Yes, you know, it more. Mm-hmm. Um, what, wait, what did I call him? I think I called him a, a goth hipster or something like that. It definitely has like a very gothic mm-hmm. look to everything. Like sort of how. Oswald's sort of had that appearance, but we've just taken it three steps more <laughs> severe. Yeah, and uh, let's see here. Yeah, I wanted to bring some stuff in from the chat room. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Penguin has moved on to bigger fishes. To bigger fishes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I, one other thing is uh, I don't I, – I love that Penguin – because when Penguin asked Jim to go collect from Ogden, mm-hmm. he obviously doesn't need Jim to do it. He's already talking right. with his men about going to do it. Right. But he made him do it to prove his loyalty, and I think – to, to get leverage, because I think yeah. he saw the fact that Jim was going to have to kill somebody there coming. And since at this point in the story, Jim is not a cop, 
Right. It's a it's a murder. It's right. you know it's it, just murder. Yeah, it's it's straight up murder. So Jim ha- has uh, Penguin has a lot of leverage on right. Jim now, right? Uh, because he knows that Jim killed somebody, right? Uh, while he wasn't carrying a badge and everything, uh, and it's all very obvious too that Penguin wants to use Jim for something because he's been keeping tabs on him. He knows about his girlfriend Lee. Lee. He knows about the issues he's had with Loeb and him getting fired and everything. Right. And, he already knew what Jim wanted when he showed up. Yeah. And, and to his credit, he did uh, fulfill his promise. He, yes. he paid off the debt he owed Jim from last season mm-hmm. and uh, got Loeb fired and everything. Yeah. So, or, no, well, got him to resign. Got him to retire. Yeah, which yes. uh, Essen steps into the commissioner role, uh, Captain Essen. So I, I hope she'll still be involved in the story just I think as she much will. Though, so. I think she will because, I mean, she instantly – because <laughs> Jim is her right-hand man. Mm-hmm. Because he does share that um, – all of the same – like they both have the same goals and wanting to – she really does want to clean up up Gotham she just you know she had to make those sacrifices early on and you know you you work with Falcone you turn a blind eye you do all that but you know what they're all gone now I think Mm -hmm. she feels no allegiances to Penguin yeah I don't think anybody feels allegiance (laughs) to Penguin um except cat maybe except (laughs) I don't think so I don't think so at all I think she's just Mm -hmm. she's biding her time there um yeah, uh, Matt Guida brings up a good point. Uh, says uh, he is retesting Jim and also punishing him for breaking his trust on the last episode. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yep. And also it d- describes uh, Oswald as posh gothic plus Baroque gangster style. Yes. As far yes, as the clothes that go. is exactly it. Absolutely. Definitely. I love it. Okay, so uh, they, 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 and you might have seen this in our our uh, artwork for this episode. Uh, Zordan and Zordan! Theo. The dynamic duo, Zordan and the, uh, Zordon, 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 Zordon. Uh, I Zordan. have drank the dragon's blood from the master's chalice. Yeah, basi- basically, he, <laughs> basically, he's a guy in a pseudo Batman costume. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's... Batman-esque. 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 But you had some stuff you wanted to address with him, right? <sighs> okay, so Theo, you know, the new d- d- development guy, chair of development, friend of the mayor, all of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how – I mean I can guess he can see that Zordon would have been taken to Arkham because he was already crazy. Yeah. And yeah. he had fed just enough more crazy <laughs> to him. But how was he to know that he would be in the room with the villains that he wanted to capture mm-hmm. when the blue smoke or whatever came out of him? Well, I know that – you know Because that seemed beautifully timed. He was outlined – there's a couple ideas I have on this. One, Theo is kind of presented as a – in charge of development of Gotham, and Which we know could that be Arkham. yeah, we know that Arkham is a big part of Mayor James, uh, you know, public image push for right. himself and for Gotham in general. So right. maybe he arranged for him to be brought to Arkham, I, and also you know they they take swift control of Arkham too uh, yes. once, once he's in there. Uh, so I think that's a possibility. And another thing is uh, – and I think we discussed this a couple times last season with Penguin stuff. Is there something – it's something – and I know this is funny, but it's called Batman's Gambit, uh, which is basically where uh, the protagonist or antagonist or whoever's like manipulating and moving things within a story mm-hmm. is so smart that they know – they know they're playing like three dimensional chess or yeah. four dimensional chess, and they know four or five moves ahead. Right, and, and it's called Batman's Gambit because it happens to Batman all, all the, the time. time. He does that all the time. Right. So I, I can definitely see a bit of that playing into Theo's plans here because he's he they the writers wanted us to know that. 
He's brilliant. He's powerful. Yes. And he's in control of the situation. That, he's in control of the city. Yeah, exactly. Instantly. Like, so, he just showed up and he already, like, mm-hmm. nope, got it. So I, th- I think using the Batman's Gambit plot device was a really good way to kind of get that across. Good morning, PDX in the chat room. PDX. Uh, is that an airport code? That's Portland. That's, oh, so so that might be Joel, might from be Joel from Portland. If that's Joel from Portland, hello. If that's not Joel from Portland, also hello. Yes. We're, we're getting spoiler here. You're losing here. your voice over there, man. Drink some water. A little bit. A little, little bit. Well, why don't I oh, – we're, we're about at our halfway point here. So why don't you tell them about our new support page and I'll get some drinks of water here. Some drinks of water. Okay. So you guys may know that we do have uh, a Patreon where you can make a monthly contribution to the show or on YouTube where you can make a one-time donation. But we have actually also started some new stuff over at Legends legendsofgotham.com slash support. We now have a whole assortment of T-shirts, sweatshirts, and everything through TeePublic, as well as a variety of things on Cafe Press. We can get stickers and coffee mugs. Yeah, and as far as the T-shirts, it's not just T-shirts. You can also yeah. get uh, hoodies and baseball shirts in any color you want. There's tons of stuff. If you want a hot pink Legends of Gotham hoodie, I do, Yeah, um, so. you can get it. <laughs> and, you know, we get a little bit of a kickback coming off of that, but there's still a really pretty affordable um, shirt. Yes, definitely. And uh, there's a couple other ways to support us on that page, too. Uh, there's a Patreon, which is kind of like a subscription to our mm-hmm. podcast. It, it's a monthly donation anywhere from $0.10 cents all the way up to like $50, $60. Lots of rewards, like we're going to be mm-hmm. sending out some stickers here uh, in October Yes, uh, to people. And, uh, you know, all sorts of – also unlockables, like we've been doing movie commentaries. Uh, we want to unlock a Lost podcast. Yes. And uh, by the way, that is Joel that from is Portland. Joel. And uh, so that's another way to support us. And mm-hmm. the third way is uh, affiliate links. If you want to, oh, yes. just come to legendsofgotham.com slash support. And click on any of these Amazon links here at the bottom. Then you go to Amazon and you can buy, buy whatever, whatever you were already planning on buying. You know, Gotham Season 1 on Blu-ray, for example. Hey, hey. And we get a cut of it. And that's another great way to help out the podcast. It so, helps out the podcast and you're not spending anything additional that you weren't already intending on doing. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. That. It's a quick, easy way uh, when you were already going to be spending the money anyway. So if you want to check all that out, it's legendsofgotham.com slash support. Or just go to the website and there's a support link right at the top. So, okay, so let's get back into the discussion here as I'm losing my voice. You were completely losing your voice. Oh, no. It's all right. No, it's okay. We we did a lot of podcasting <laughs> last night, too. I'm sorry. I'm just reading your next point. I'm interested by it. Okay. Um. So so I was kind of wondering, you know, they, they presented in the uh, the literature and the, the promotional stuff for this season that Tigress, who we meet in this episode very briefly, mm-hmm. is Theo Galvin's sister. Yes. And I was kind of wondering, because there seems to be some sort of mystical or something about Theo that is a little weird, you know, from that potion he makes Zardan drink. The dragon's blood from the Master's Chalice. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. There seems to be something mystical going on with him. So I'm wondering if it's Theo's sister as in a biological sister. I don't think so. Or if it's a sister as in uh, in the church sense, i.e. sister in Christ or whatever. Interesting. You know, because if if he's like the high priest or whatever, some sort of weird secret society, then I could totally see him referring to this woman who's like his second in command as his sister. Okay, I can see that. So – but I'm kind of wondering uh, who is Theo Galvin? Like because he – it's been hinted at in in the official press stuff. 
that he's not Theo Galvin. He's actually right. someone we know. Do you yes. have any ideas? I don't. I, I don't know <laughs> enough about um, the world to be able to make those sorts of guesses. Mm-hmm. We've actually already met most of the villains that I was he- aware of prior to the yeah, show. Or <laughs> they're promised later in the season. <laughs> right. Yes. But I, I definitely think that uh that it could it could be uh Rachel Ghoul. Okay. okay. Just because this is kind of the role he fulfills and he fills in Batman stories, particularly oh, uh the Nolan films, which John okay. Stevens, the producer said it's having a big influence on what they're doing. Okay. Because in the Batman, okay. in Batman Begins, Rachel Ghoul kind of finds Bruce and brings him in and trains him so he can go back to Gotham and be, you know, Rachel Ghoul's kind of hand in Gotham. Interesting. So I can definitely see uh, Rachel Ghoul, uh, you know, having to come in from Nanda Parabot or what? I, I think that's a different uh, place where Rachel Ghoul is, but coming in from like his Middle Eastern home coming into Gotham to kind of have to manipulate things because of what's going on with Wayne Enterprises, which was his hand in Gotham beforehand. Right. Um, throwing it to the chat, uh, Magwita <coughs> says, my guess, Mr. Freeze. Um, it's probably not because we've already been told by um, John Stevens that we're getting Mr. Freeze in episode 12. Mm-hmm. Um, refer to the t- eight things that we learned from uh, John Stevens. Yes, yes. I, if it, it, legendsofgotham.com, we have the eight things we pulled from the interview that were like shocking that he revealed. Yes, and these the things. first one is that we will get Mr. Freeze in episode 12. <laughs> so it's probably not him yet, mm-hmm. but you know, they've twisted it before. Yeah, definitely. Because we have this whole Joker thing. Okay, okay maybe. maybe Maybe we should uh, – maybe that should be the l- new look at this Joker. Who is Theo or something? Who is Theo? Who could <laughs> Theo be? Who's that Theo? Who could he be? Something like that. I don't know. Yeah, we'll try that I, again. I'm workshopping it. I'm workshopping yeah, keep it. keep workshopping it next week. <laughs> okay. You want to um, talk a little about Bruce and uh, Alfred. Bruce and Alfred. Okay. So we sort of already touched on this a little bit, <laughs> but it's so crazy how like Alfred really, really, really wants to be the dad and mentor the entire episode and, you know, sort of push Bruce to – Eh, let's not push that quite yet, Master Bruce. Let's not do that. Let's not. Okay, fine. Fine. I'll help you. Whatever. But when he finally gives in and helps Bruce to build the bomb, yay, military training, because you can't just read a book, Bruce. <laughs> um, it's almost like a weight was lifted off his shoulders. Like he felt like, all right, you know, we're, we're going in guns blazing, basically. Um, he, like he didn't have to hide as much anymore. And he, he'd obviously been hiding for a whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, I thought it was really adorable. I don't know if that's the right word, but kind of is. Adorkable. Adorkable. Um, how they cheered like little boys when the bomb worked. <laughs> um, but they ruined the secret entrance. Like it messed with the fireplace and everything and shook stuff. Like, I don't know if they're going to be able to shut that again. If only they had some sort of funding to rebuild. You, you know, know, they have the funding, <laughs> but it's it's all the secretive thing. And like, yeah, who the- are you going to – how are you going to bring somebody in who doesn't already know about the whole Wayne's situation? Well, that's a, that's always been one question. Who built this thing? Yeah, that's always been one question about the Batcave is how did they get it all put together without anyone finding out? And uh, actually – Lucius Fox, uh, in some versions of the story, becomes that guy. Oh. That guy who kind of aided, aided them because he, he kind of has an idea that Bruce is Batman. You know, right. he never comes out and says it for plausible deniability and right. all that. But he kind of has that idea. So I could see him helping to repair it or interesting. something. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, I could see that. <laughs> like, it doesn't look like they messed up the actual, like, fireplace part too bad yeah yeah but it's still messed up and then you have to bring in a contractor who's gonna go so this Mm -hmm. slides 
back by a button? Why well, don't Alfred seems like he might have some masonry experience. Oh, I'm sure. You know? Alfred can do anything. Yeah, Alfred basically. is amazing, but first let him put on the kettle. Yeah, I, I did really <laughs> love when Jim came in, though, and they were like trying to hide what they were doing yes! and everything. He's that- like, you guys are dirty. What are you doing? <laughs> I was like, that's... Yeah. And they just ignored it. Mm-hmm. They completely ignored it, which was fine. Um, but I guess we already sort of talked about this. I feel like Alfred knew what was going on in the cave. But he didn't – I don't know if he completely knew. He had an idea, but he really didn't know what was behind the door. Yeah. Because the way it sounded like – it almost sounded like he thought that um, – Thomas Wayne was up to something naughty in there. Yeah, like it was some weird sex stuff. Yes, or something. Like it was saying, yeah. Yes, that's what it sounded like. He was afraid. He's like, let's just wait until you're older, Master Bruce. Which also, we got another weird Gotham sex club in this episode. What is with Gotham and the sex clubs? It's Gotham. It is Gotham. Gotham! It is Gotham! <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, okay. You know. That. Well, we got a little peek in this episode uh, with um, Ed Nigma. Uh, you know, last season we saw his big psychotic break sort of thing. And uh, but this this episode, we get just a little tease of him, but it's very obvious mm-hmm. he has like multiple personality disorder now there. The, he's been talking to the Ed in the mirror, uh, <gasps> oh, you know, the Ed in the mirror, the calm, cool, collected Ed in the mirror, which uh, for one, I don't think he's ever been quite that cracked in the comics. Oh, really? The, yeah, that psychotic because really he's he's been more playful in the comics a lot of the time. OK, but I really think that that Ed we see in the mirror yeah. is the Ed that's going to come into reality throughout yeah. the course of the season like yes. by the end of the season that'll be the ed we know and love and he also feels a lot more like the comic book riddler too okay well it says okay hold on let's see um the reflection <clears throat> talking back provoking him is the villain persona and ed is the geek mm-hmm. that was that was my whole observation you know i know nothing oh yeah definitely so it, it, but there's definitely an element of both sides bleeding through to one another so i'm wondering i you know, he he spends so much time in the GCPD and everything. Obviously, someone's going to catch wind of this sooner or later, that he's yes. talking to himself in the mirror, that, you know, he's he's covered up a murder using GCPD equipment and everything. Right. I, so I wonder who it's going to be. I think it'll be Kringle. You think it'll be Kringle? Because the, um, whatchamacallit, <laughs> the mirror is talking about Kringle and her or maybe it won't necessarily be her it'll be some interaction with her that sparks somebody else yeah perhaps she's not going to survive the season see part of me thinks that another part of me considering that they kind of set her up last season as someone who likes bad guys Mm and uh, gets into these abusive relationships and stays in them mm-hmm. against her own better judgment. You know, I kind of think maybe she might be a little turned on to it. Maybe she might become his partner in crime or something like that. Does the Riddler typically have a partner in crime? Uh, well, I mean, he usually he usually has like henchmen, at least, or henchwomen. Yeah. Like, I could see them both like launching into a uh, cr- criminal career together mm-hmm. and then maybe she's the one who gets busted or gets killed in the line of duty oh. and that kind of finally sends him completely off the rails and you know Done. question mark suit kind of thing <laughs> and anything uh, fun coming over from the chat there yes let's see um Aguita says is it possible that at an early stage lucius <laughs> has actually been involved by wayne to build the bat cave um because i'm not sure alfred knew it existed yeah i could see that i could see that definitely mm-hmm. yeah because alfred didn't know it existed i I, I don't think Alfred knew it existed. I think he, he knew something of what Thomas Wayne was up to. He might But not he didn't know about the cave. About the cave. I believe that because he seemed legitimately shocked when that fireplace moved. Mm-hmm. 
Um, also, uh, Joel is saying Kringle for sure. Her death will be his turning point. Oh yeah. One way or the other, mm-hmm. whether it's a tragic death or in the line of criminal duty or something. Yeah. It's definitely... or an accidental death at the hands of, of the Riddler. Yeah. Like you won't go out with me. Or... Uh, like yeah. something. And he just yeah. snaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which it, is sort it, of what happened with officer, whatever his name is. Yeah. And Magrita says too, I know uh, she's predestined for doom. Either that falls an eminent death or serious brainwash by Nigma. Truth. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay. Uh, so uh, yeah, you wanted to talk Literally, a little yeah. bit about, uh, Oh, the chase sequence. Okay. So this sequence where Gordon steals the money and is, you know, <clears throat> running from the cops is basically shot for shot from the pilot. Yeah, there were a lot of callbacks to the pilot. There was a lot of callbacks to the pilot. It was like we're starting over almost with enough already behind us. It was really weird. But, like, they went all the way down to the PTSD camera shot. Yeah. And yeah. I, we and all know I hated it. running through the kitchen. I think it was the same the, kitchen that I he was chasing was Mario Pepper kitchen. through. Yes. And I hate, hate, hate that PTSD camera <laughs> shot. Please don't make me have to watch that again. But I thought mm. it was a really cool callback. Yeah, there were a couple others, too, that I, I noticed. Okay. One, I think that fat cop that comes up to Gordon in the street yes. at the beginning, thats the, I think that's the same fat cop that was there at the Wayne murders. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. And also, um, Zard- Zordon Zardon uh, says, dark days are coming, gives kind of like this prophetic uh, just like pronouncement uh, to Jim. Yeah, just like Penguin did in the opening, mm-hmm. in the pilot episode. You know, uh, there will be rivers of blood in the sweet yes. streets. I see it. Yes. You know, all that. So another uh, dark prophecy uh, kind of pretending the the re- the way the rest of the season's going to go. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. So yeah, a lot of callbacks to the pilot. A lot which, of callbacks to no the pilot. No Montoya and Allen though. With Montoya and Allen. Which, it's okay. Uh, if we you didn't to listen understand. to our John Stevens interview, uh, they won't be back as regulars. So they might be back at some point. If it fits. If the story allows. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Womp womp. Although I will say that Andrew Stewart Jones, uh, mm-hmm. Crispus Allen, he's playing the mayor in the new Minority Report series from Fox. So if you, if you like him, check mm-hmm. that out because it seems to be a pretty major character. I would imagine. So, okay, so... Harvey. Harvey Bullock this episode. Uh, you know, uh, at the end of last season, you know, he helped Jim with everything. He was with like, everything. trying to be like, hey, Falcone, maybe I can come upstate with you. Yeah. But obviously that didn't happen. He's off the police force and he's working at a bar. He, he's, he's retired. He's working at the bar where we killed the Irishman. Yeah. I'm almost positive that is the bar mm-hmm. where uh, Maroney killed the Irishman. Yeah, but you only see him in one brief scene, but he seems really happy now. Is it two scenes? Too. Well, we see him at the first where he picks up the guy's head and cleans it. Oh, yeah. 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 In like the opening montage kind of thing where they show where everyone is a month later. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, he he talks to Jim and he says he's really happy now that he's not a cop. He's he's been clean and sober for 32 days. Proud of him. He has a woman in his life. You know, doesn't hate him. Things are looking up for old Harvey Bullock boy detective. Yeah. And, uh, but something is going to pull him back to the mm-hmm. force. Like, I can't see. Uh, Jim? Yeah. Well, I can't see, you know, Harvey Bullock being behind a bar this entire season. No. So, no. so I kind of wonder what that's going to be. Is it going to be something where one of uh, Theo's team of villains, uh, you know, threatens his woman or his livelihood or his position uh, at the bar? Or Jim. Yeah. Or Jim asks because him to Because now come we have um, Crazy B is mm-hmm. out of Arkham. Yeah, Barbara. Barbara. And she's out. Mm-hmm. And she's already threatening people. She was threatening from the inside. Yeah, it, it, and we really didn't discuss Barbara. Not how, even how do you like the new Barbara? The kind I of, love the yeah. new Barbara. 
I love, 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 love <laughs> everything about Crazy Barbara and how manipulative and crazy she is mm-hmm. and how she's like, Jerome, basically, yeah, off she, with you. She's embracing her crazy side. She is sure. embracing her crazy side, but she just has hmm, issues. <laughs> I love yeah, it, and she she definitely uh, she nuzzles up to a black mask, uh, who uh, Sudanis S- S- or whatever his name is. I forget his real name. Oh, is that who that was? Yeah, yeah, that was the black mask from the office office oh, supply fight. Episode. I totally didn't get that. Yeah, but that was Oops. him, and she kind of nuzzles yeah, up well, to him to get access to a phone and whatnot. That's uh, over. And yeah, because uh, he He's he dead. he meets an untimely end because of his uh, sort of uh, bold assertions against Theo. Yes, but yeah, Barbara's very interesting, and uh, you know, with Bullock. One thing's for sure, whatever is going to pull him out of that bar, his happiness is not going to last long. Nah. Definitely. It's not going to happen. All right, Lee. Oh, uh, I will say Magwita says, as far as the new Barbara, it's a major upgrade to a character that was plain and bland. Yes. Like, definitely. Definitely. I I think people who complained about her last season are going to love her this season. Yes, very much so. Um and, and she also has a prison skirt, which is... I want her dress. Like, I want it, want it, want it. Um, and Joel says he no longer has to live behind the shield. He can be the OG vigilante. So... Oh, yeah. That that's could true. Be, and, you know, that's kind of... Boring. Like Harvey Bullock just going out and, like, taking out some dudes on yeah. his time off. Yeah, I could definitely see... Or, like, or something happens in the bar... And he just has to, like, you know. Or, like, him. Jim's in a situation where he can't compromise his whole cop thing. So he's like, hey, Harvey, can you come over and, like, slice this guy's throat or, like, you know, rough up this guy and get, get some answers out of him? Right. You know, maybe he because could wear Harvey's a mask. Harvey's good at that. Yeah. Harvey's very well, good Well, they have, they have the, uh, the costume now. It, it's about Harvey Bullock's size from Zargon. Oh. I could totally see him dressing up in that, that proto-Batman costume. That would please be hilarious. Please do not put Harvey in no, the Zordon do. costume. Please, absolutely no, do. No, please don't. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, Lee. Okay, you wanted to wrap up with Lee. Uh, oh, I want to wrap up with Lee. Lee, 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 Lee. Okay, last season I really liked Lee. <clears throat> I liked everything about her. I thought she brought a, a good motivation mm-hmm. and a good push for Jim. And now she's a wimp. A little bit. I mean, I understand, you know, you got into this big thing with Barbara and she's really threatening. And, you know, at the time where you start being a wimp, she's locked up. Mm-hmm. Like, you shouldn't be scared. There was nothing. You're a, you're a doctor. Like, <laughs> get your own psych help if you need it. You know that. Um, but now she's just like, oh, let's just run away. Who needs to stay here? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I, I did appreciate, though, that, uh, you know, I, and we were talking on our Once Upon a Time podcast last night about how so many problems end up being because characters aren't honest with one another. Yeah, there I it was, is. I was really appreciative that Jim was completely straight up with her about the guy he killed. You know, he did. She, did he say he just said I did a bad thing and then they cut away. But then they imply later that, that she knows. That she knows. I and I, I thought that was really good, and mm-hmm. it, and I also thought that it, it was really good that he took that step after Barbara called him, mm-hmm. trying to plant the seeds of doubt in his mind about Lee. Like honestly, if he hadn't been in her apartment to hear the call that Lee gave Barbara, you know, I'm going to kill you, bitch. Yes, uh, which was awesome. Like no, I want you to die a bloody death, screaming or something. Yeah, but I, I think if he hadn't been there, then it might have worked. Barbara might have planted some seeds of doubt in Jim's mind about Lee. But I hope you die screaming, bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Was the exact line. Yeah. 
I, uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, very interesting. I, I also, I, I felt like they were using Lee a lot as eye candy in this episode too. Uh, yeah, and her little negligee thing. Yeah, yeah, which, which you know, as a fan of Batman comics for forever back, knowing Leslie Tompkins is kind of like this matronly mother figure to Bruce. She hasn't even met Bruce yet, and then seeing her as eye candy, it was a little bit off-putting. Yeah, just a little bit, just yeah. a little bit. See, uh, let's see. Maguita says, "You know what? I think that Leah is progressively becoming sucked in by the Gotham vibe. She will also break under pressure. But the question is, will she become a good doer or a manipulative um, wanna mm-hmm. that will try and woman, get Gor- woman? Oh, to, that will try and get Gordon to do her bidding. Interesting. See, as far what I know about Leslie Tompkins from the mytho- Batman mythology, eventually I, I see something happening between maybe this bad thing that Jim did mm-hmm. causing her to leave him." And then somehow she becomes more connected with Bruce. Interesting. Like, I could totally see her and Alfred dating down the line. Ew. 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 You were all about Alfred and Fish. Yeah, I was. Al Fish. Uh, <laughs> fish. I don't know. We'll see. What, why not Alarid or something? I, I don't know. I was trying I don't to. I like con- it. I yeah. don't like it. I just. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. her, meh. I, I, her character mm-hmm. did a complete opposite for me. Okay. So I was so- all about Gorkins. So I guess we have to wrap this up with an arbitrary scale. And now you guys in the chat room can feel free to weigh in on this too. Okay, Mm -hmm. let's see. Out of 123 uh, poisonous burps, how many poisonous burps do you (laughs) get in this episode? I'm trying to spell it. I give it... You said 123 poisonous burps. Poisonous burps. I'll give it 120 poisonous burps. 120. Why? Why? Because there's always room for improvement. Yeah, that's very that's, true. You know, there you go. Very true. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna go ahead and give it 123 just because uh, I loved it. You don't it, think it could get any better? Well, yeah, it was a great setup to the season. Yeah. You could definitely see the the push to serialization that John yes, Stevens talked absolutely. to us about, and he's talked in, to other press outlets about too. And so I'm very excited for that because yeah, we have like ABC stories and every character kind of has an arc set up in a yes. direction they're going and it, it just feels if as much as i love the pilot mm-hmm. it feels much it, like it has much more promise like oh the, yeah the creators have definitely made a promise in this episode that i'm excited to see them deliver throughout the season i agree and i'm also glad that uh they they know their full episode commitment they know exactly how many episodes they have yes how long their story will be yes so they're going to be able to play it out at the pace they want to so I'm right do- it's not going to be attacked mm-hmm. on six episodes or something yeah and i'm just i'm, I'm just super amped up for the season uh, no, it no, feels good to be back. Now we have to wait two weeks for a new episode because we, we watched do. it early but you know what we still have a ton of points in our notebooks so <laughs> seriously I mean, yeah it's kind of crazy yeah so i mean we're, we have a whole nother 45 minutes probably to talk about this episode next yeah. week which we want to remind you guys next week monday 9 15 p.m or thereabouts est live.universebox.com we're doing a special gotham monday broadcast where we're going to be uh, hearing you guys' thoughts on this episode talking a little bit more about ours we're going to be taking live call-ins mm-hmm. we're going to be watching our email box at legendsofgotham.com totally. our twitter at legends of gotham the facebook page facebook.com slash legends of gotham and we'll be checking voicemails and playing them live 424-274-2352 again that's 424-274-2352 we'll also be taking live skype calls it's going to be a big party it's going to be awesome huge it's going to be so amazing and maybe i should order some legends of gotham balloons from cafe press 
That'd be fun. I don't know how, how long the shipping is now. Yeah, it might be a bit. But yeah, and we'll probably also be on, on the Twitters while it's airing, you know, yes. keeping an eye on where you guys are in the episode mm-hmm. so we can kind of chime in with our, th- our thoughts too. Yes. Normally, we record our Once Upon a Time podcast on Monday nights, so we well, can't we, This be... is the only time we can do it immediately <laughs> yeah. after. This will be uh, the Gotham... One Gotham Monday will we'll be able to be there before, during, and after... Big party. It's going to be a lot of fun. Live.universebox.com, 9.15 p.m. EST. Yes. Very excited. Sorry, uh, Joel from Portland, uh, you on the West Coast. But if you've seen the episode already, you can still join in. Yeah. It'll be fun. Totally. Definitely. Okay, so I guess that about does it for this episode. Anne-Marie, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Simone. And as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks. You can follow the podcast at Legends of Gotham and all of the podcasts we do at universebox.com. Oh, and uh, Maguita says uh, we'll bring the illustrations along. All those wonderful illustrations. The, uh, all the fan art, Gotham <gasps> fan art and stuff. Oh, cool. Definitely, yeah. If you want to send us some stuff to show off on the broadcast, definitely please do. Yes, uh, yes, please. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Yay! So I guess that about does it for this episode. Uh, Join us next time for more Legends Legends of Gotham. Gotham. We got it right! We did on the first try. (laughs) 